if one of the Twitter accounts is just razor him, then you'll know. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, your weekly look at all things Cinema Sins, TV Sins, and Commercial Sins. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Cinema Sins staff member, Danae Hughes. That's me! That is you. Danae, welcome. I did it! I finally made it to the show. I've just been waiting outside the door for so long. Yeah? You've been so eager to get back on a podcast that is tangentially related to movies? I have been huffing and puffing to Aaron... Why am I not being invited on the show? What did I do? Why? What? What is happening? Do I need to like slip him a five? Like, what's happening? What? What's going on? It certainly wouldn't hurt your case, but <laughs> <laughs> here's here is a payday. <laughs> Which my dad loves those. I don't. I like paydays. Random information. It's an underrated candy. A candy that is just covered in actual peanuts. <laughs> like it- what? And, and and more salt than peanuts. And filled with, like, it's not technically caramel. It's a nougat. Yeah. Who, who is so brave enough to just cover nougat in pure peanut and just wrap it up and say, here you go. Here's your payday. I don't that's know, brave. but I'm, I'm thankful for them. because oh, That's very brave. We should all be thankful. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Hi, hi. Hello. Hi, I'm finally here. Everybody else can wait <laughs> their turn now. Hi. welcome danae i know you got just got back from a really long road trip yeah we just uh we just had our 10 year anniversary get together in nashville oh i really want to see that mike birbiglia show it's just not around me yet. oh my god it was incredible so the brand is now 10 years old almost Mm -hmm. and that's a big milestone for any youtube channel let alone one that releases as much content as we do so we got everybody together and I think it was like 20 some people is the total that writes, edits and manages the project that is this company. And we all got together and had a really nice dinner. And then the next night we went to uh, the Sins team, went to go see Mike Rapiglia at the Ryman and it was incredible. Um, he's going to be doing a show through December in New York City for like a month. I think he mm-hmm. starts in November and then by... I think the end of December is when his show ends. So maybe it's like a two month kind of a show in in New York City on Broadway. Please go if you're in the area. I don't usually enjoy comic shows, like comedy shows, but that was one of the most incredible, well thought, well crafted art pieces I've ever seen. And it was it sticks with me. I've been thinking about it every single day. So there's 14 people that write, edit and run the companies that operate the creation of, I think Ashley told me it was 400 videos a year. Amazing. Um, There's people not in this picture that wouldn't, that wouldn't be represented. There's some audio engineers that aren't here. There's some like Photoshop and like logo, uh, like um, images that they're created that they're not on this photo. But this is the core team. Everything you see every week is because of the people in this picture. So what we do is we're starting to do a weekly post onto Patreon for like a blog style. And this will be the post that goes out today. Yeah. So like every Friday on Patreon, our patrons will have like a behind the scenes sort of like look into something going on. So we're going to use this picture today along with like a little blurb about the sins team getting together in Nashville. 
And then we uh, release that same information the following week on our newsletter. So that way people can still see like what's going on with the company and kind of get more of a look into what we're doing, but patrons will get it first. So our sin club members will get that stuff first. So nice. Yeah. And that's, so that's the core team. This is, this is the people who create it. So like our editors are the guy in the, the very bottom middle. Uh-huh. That is one of our editors. And then the three beautiful women on the right to the right of him, essentially, those are the editors as mm-hmm. well. You know, Daniel and myself, there's Ian and then Aaron, Chris and Jeremy. We all write the guy in between Ian and Chris. There's two guys that are kind of side by side. One's in a hat and one's in a green shirt. Uh huh. Those are the that's Kevin and Keith. And then the woman that's kind of directly in the middle is Amelia and they're all kind of help uh, manage all of the in and outs of what we do if something happens on the website or something crashes or just, yeah, we all have to kind of collaborate to like sin week, pulling sin week off. That's the maiden team. So when we meet up in Nashville for maiden stuff, that's the maiden crew. Yeah, no, that's great. I love it. There's things that I could tell you behind the scenes that others can't. There's stuff that I, manage that's different than writing yeah that nobody else on the team does is kind of what i was getting at all right well let's dive into this inside scoop because we have not just five videos to talk about this week but six videos what's he building in there pay no attention to that man behind the curtain this is a true story uh house of the dragon is monday's tv sins video uh this is an ian and jonathan script this is the the pilot for the for the show delay are you watching House of the Dragon? Because I must. <laughs> mm. Because I must. Mm. Uh, yes, yes, yes. But I am not enjoying it at all. Um, <laughs> well, were you a big Game of Thrones fan? Yeah. yeah so I read the book, um, the books, but I stopped, I think, on the third book because so like it was really interesting. I'm used to like a writer sort of when you're doing like a a series that it sort of picks up where it left off and then you know you're you're continuing on with the characters that you're really curious about and Mm -hmm. there's a book i think it's the third it's been a long time where you start off he starts that book off on a completely different continent with new people with like zero apology about it and every time i start it i i get a few chapters in and I just can't keep going. It's the strangest thing. It's like a mental block for me. Mm. But I did really enjoy what I had read. And then, of course, I also knew that, you know, at some point in time, the books and the show were going to go in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. So my incentive to keep up on the books was pretty low at that point. But I didn't mind Game of Thrones at all. I thought it was really fascinating. There's some things I wish that they had done differently. Obviously, as anyone usually feels when they watch content, there's something they're like, I didn't like that as much. And for me, I really feel like the book sort of hints more at the magicalness of it all, like the Mm. trees and the third, the crow and like the children of the forest. Like it's there, it's peppered in a little bit more at certain times. And that was really absent from the, the show. But I also understand that they had to kind of pick what to focus on because it was so much content it's kind of like asking peter jackson to do every single thing in lord of the rings it's next to impossible (laughs) unless you have like he did as close as we'll ever get yeah but house of the dragon for me now i know this is just episode one that we're kind of covering Mm -hmm. but even in episode one i really wasn't 
getting really excited about what I was, I was seeing for whatever reason. I think I was most excited about episode one and it was kind of a medium excitement and it's just declined from the medium point down to the negatives. <laughs> it's the childbirth, isn't it? That's, that's the thing. That's- oh, and it happens a lot, but, but I mean, yes, that's very, very annoying, but here's the thing. I feel like this show is people are interested because of Danny. Like they kind of want to know where she came from and the history of the Tar the Targaryen family, which I understand. But I just don't think that this show does anything more than political. It, it's a very political show with gratuitous nudity because it's on HBO or whatever. To me, there's not like a really interesting character development. Okay. So yeah, so I'm watching it because I have to. Uh, I can't wait for it to be over. I want it to be done. But I think some people on the team are liking it. So that's that's good. We have so like we operate using Slack. We have a Slack channel when we're doing a series, like when we're doing an InstaSend series or we're going to try to do an entire season of something. And we kind of have a, a way of chatting inside there. So if we're questioning something or needing to shoot an idea out, all the writers can kind of be on the same page. And there's really not a lot of activity in there. (laughs) (laughs) Not that they always do, but there's just not a lot to share there. Yeah. It, it feels like, so I'm really liking the show. Yeah. Uh, I'm caught up, but it feels very different from like Game of Thrones where especially those last season, couple seasons where like it premieres and you can have a bunch of people talking about it right afterwards. Like this doesn't really feel like that kind of show. Maybe it's because of all the time jumps or maybe it's because it's a little bit more contained of a story. Yeah. They're not really exploring a lot of different families. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like that. Like, oh, we got to stand around the water cooler and talk about it at work on Monday. You know, like it no, doesn't feel like that. Whereas it Game of Thrones feel like did. That. No, so. like the, the chat for the Game of Thrones when we first kind of got into it was we shared a, a thing back and forth with each other to make sure that we spelled everyone's name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a moment. So they didn't use the theme in the first episode. Yes. And then spoiler alert, they do in the second. So things like that, where we just want to make sure that we send it in the first one, but then what are we going to do when it does appear in the second? So we try to kind of be a little bit consistent about some of those things. And uh, so I think we were all kind of excited about it, though, at this point, like in the, this point of our writing, I think everybody was kind of like, OK, what's this going to be about? And then, of course, we watched it and we send it. I mean, speaking from like future knowledge and all that, like I, I just I'm liking the show, I think, more than Game of Thrones so far. I was never huge in the Game of Thrones but I always kind of like liked it, but mm-hmm. I, because the show is more contained and because it's not necessary for you to have seen Game of Thrones, but this is meant for people that have. So like they don't have to do all the world building that the first couple seasons of Game of Thrones did. So it really feels like they're just kind of diving into season three or four. And so I am enjoying watching it more than I was, especially the start of Game of Thrones. But uh, I think overall, I'm just enjoying it more because it's it was sensory overload. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Good point. This um, Sins video was written by Jonathan and Ian, as mentioned, um, Mm -hmm. and there was uh, quite a number of good things uh, to enjoy about it. Uh, Requiring your counsel to start each meeting by placing their balls on the table. Uh, What are those fucking balls? I don't know, and they don't really explain it. No. We sent it in the next one, too. I know for sure. Uh, I wrote on on the next one, and I I did the same thing. I'm just like, what is happening with these balls? So this this will be a recurring sin. (laughs) 
there's not even like a casual reference of like only these people would have these balls so we know that nobody's trying to impersonate them or whatever but it's like you know this isn't like mission impossible people aren't impersonating other people and there's no consistency like yeah yeah i didn't like that one that was one of the ones that's one of the sins i i really like too when you're writing the next one oftentimes the first one hasn't even gotten all the way through production yet so Mm -hmm. it, it was really fun because when i end up writing about the balls in the next one the writer was like, I wrote about the balls too. And it's like, listen to what we're saying to each other right now. <laughs> Love it. It's slack out of context. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. It would be such a segment for you. I'm not even kidding. That'd be a really fun Twitter account. You just uh, slack out of context. You screenshot it and upload it and that's it. And that's just um, anyone from any company just uploading stuff. It would be really, really sure. insane for ours though, for sure. Because it's like, should we do just the butt crack for fun or should we, <laughs> should we blur it rather? Well, listen, you feel free to upload Slack out of context anytime to the Submissions <laughs> BTS Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yep, I can do that. Uh, let's see. Now I want to see a Batman series set in the Game of Thrones world. Uh, well, assuming Discovery doesn't need another tax break and it suddenly disappears after it's complete. I want to see that Batman show, too. What, um, right? Why wouldn't you? Well, they've already done Batman in a samurai world, and they've done Batman in like a Jack the Ripper kind of story. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, there's, there's no reason they've done Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's no reason they can't. There's do no this. reason not to. A hundred percent. Riding horseback is the hundreds equivalent of eating an apple. <laughs> uh, sorry, riding on a black horse, horseback. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll see a synonym. Just like, okay, whatever. And that. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you liked that one. That was one where it's like. <laughs> It's strange too because everybody it's a very subjective thing. Like if I was on a, a like a, a script, I might be like, should we rewrite this one or should we cut this one? And it's oh you never know what you're gonna get. You never know. Uh and this might be the sin of the week for me. Um okay. I, I was slayed by this one. Uh this dragon looks pretty miserable, but I can't <laughs> tell if it's from the death of Ama or if it's just depressed that it's only bring being brought out for funerals and special occasions, like it's the good family China. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah that's ian (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's true though right like and that's the fun part is when you could take a sin and you just keep adding to it like this dragon is depressed but what does it Mm -hmm. look like and what what is a depressing thing and what happens and i always find those kind those are the kinds of sins where i'm like man that's good i need to remember to try to dig in yeah, that yeah. was a good one. That was really good. I'm over here like the one that I like is I don't look like this naked. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to ask what are some of the I have a couple more, but like what are the, what are some of the ones you wrote? Uh, those kinds crack me up because I love when we sin ourselves, and I know that sometimes the audience is like, "Well, that's not a sin on the show." It's like, "Well, this we're just we're being silly, people." Um, Half the sins aren't really sins. Like that's kind of the point, you know? Yep, uh, yep. It's 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 personal perspective. It's 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 the it's the person who's like i don't like that because this you know and and if, yeah. if people don't like that i i don't look good i don't look this good naked sin um wait for friday's video so, uh, <laughs> i it's i really like that one too. i just can't write down every sin that i really like i have to i be, know right like otherwise we'll sit here for three hours Forever. and we have three hours no we don't unfortunately um then the other one that i like is kind of on the opposite side of that where i really feel like the sin about um so that the lead-in was like what are you saying my brother would murder me and take my crown and the sin is essentially saying that this person of uh, viserys has survived nine years on the iron throne being this fucking naive mm-hmm. i think that is a really good 
moment when a show is trying to bring in a new person and say, in this world, it's political violence to usurp each other for the sheer greed of this dangerous position of power. But like everyone should probably know that already, including Viserys, who should be, you know, like, I don't know. So it it was just like one of those things where this line was written for the naive people in the audience and not for the world itself. And I thought that was a really good sin. Yeah, it was one of those you're just like, oh, yeah, like how? And it's it's so weird because. All right. So in the show, in real time, Mm -hmm. Viserys is dead at this point. Oh, Uh, we're doing spoilers. Cool. Yeah. At some point, he's dead. Look, everybody knows he's going to die at some point, right? At some point, yeah, he definitely dies at some point. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one of those things where, like, he he is a good king, but also, like, he's unlike everything Targaryen that we've seen. So it's interesting. Yeah. He doesn't have, like, a mad turn or he's not bad or whatever. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to spoil the way that he doesn't die. Because the sin frustrated frustrates me so much because the when he's when he's talking to his daughter, when he's talking to Renera about um, the Iron Throne. He's warning her about the the things he's about the winter is coming essentially, and the yeah. narrator is like, "You want to say winter is coming? Just say it. Just say." It. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the narrator is like, "But that's not all. Warn her about the tetanus." <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and it's so frustrating because I thought that was going to be a big thing, and it's not. Like, yeah. It, doesn't die from tetanus so like <laughs> that's the spoiler he doesn't die via that but it's then why include it <laughs> other than to show that it's still rough around the edges but yeah there's easier ways to do that you could just have it be a cut not a cut that is clearly infected in episode two <sighs> anyway um, yeah it's frustrating i understand your frustration this is a my last thing i wrote down is um oh you <laughs> Which I wrote just that down, and then that sin shows up in a later video. I was like, "All right, now I have to specify these, or I'm going to forget the content." <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, while you're prepping for this show, you have to write down a lot of the lead-in and context because if you just write on the sin, it's like, "What? What?" Yeah, they all kind of blend together as time goes on. You'll notice. <laughs> uh, I didn't write this down, but I really, me and my wife did really appreciate um, the the kind of juxtaposition of the. The childbirth versus the the jousting competition. Uh, I thought it was really artfully done. So I'm glad there was a sin removal for that. That's all I have for the video. Do you have anything else today? No, I think we covered it. Out. Cool. Well, that'll move us to uh, Tuesday's video, which is Halloween Kills. Uh, Chris and Jonathan script because it's a horror film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danae, this is your, like your favorite movie ever, right? Like, you, yeah. you live and breathe these ha- Halloween movies, right? I'm really glad that you know this about me. First of all, thank you for for knowing me so well. Uh, yes, I love I love the Halloween series so much because murder and and fear and, and movies, yeah, and movies. It's like the trifecta of of happiness for for where what I what I want to do with my mental space. Yeah, well, and um, this one specifically because this has the highest body count of any any of the Halloween movies. It's just so people like, dying a lot, you know. Yeah, but it's basically you walk into a room where someone is holding a weapon and then just spinning like a cyclone, and then people are just running into the cyclone and then just falling over dead. That's essentially this movie. Kind of. Um, <laughs> although, although as you're describing that, I'm imagining more of like an Abbott and Costello or Looney Tunes kind of tone. And I kind of want to see this movie recut <laughs> in an Abbott and Costello vibe. Anyway. I, I will say about this, anything, anytime that Jonathan and Chris pair up for their mutual love of horror and that they've written on so many things like this, they just have this, knowledge of the content going in like if you were going to drop me into this for whatever reason let's just say that i was super open to watching a horror film 
and and sinning it. There's so much that I would be confused about in some ways that they would be they'd have so much more of an idea of where you are in the <laughs> the flow of the franchise and then how it doesn't make sense in on itself. They'll have conversations back and forth because I'm in, you know, every single Slack channel. I get to kind of like peek in on the conversations that they have inside of these moments. And it's just like, like they, they literally are just having long chats about this doesn't make sense because then this happened and da, 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 right. And they're yes. just like talking back and forth. So if you're a fan of the series and you watch these, I just, there's always something really amazing about having a writer that understands the subject matter right. on like a really deep level. It's also nice to be paired with someone who has no idea because then you have kind of the pendulum swing of perspective. Mm -hmm. But yeah, these these kind of blow my mind. <laughs> well, and I don't blame you for not like this. This series has the most confusing timeline, like including X-Men and X-Men has a wonky timeline. Yeah, that nobody understands. But like this series has had essentially four reboots in 13 films, 12 films. That's a lot. It's so many. And I would explain it to you, but you don't care. Uh, but, so that's fine. No, well, I mean, if there's, a, if there's a Halloween fan listening, they might want to kind of hear you talk about it. So that, like, if you want to talk about it, that's totally fine with me. I, I personally won't be following as much, but that's okay. So there's the original film, and then there's a sequel to that. And then they made okay. a spinoff that's completely unrelated. They okay. wanted to make it an anthology series. And then that tanked at the box office, and everybody was like, we want Michael Myers back. And so they made... Uh a sequel to the second film again so that's kind of reboot number one it's not really okay it, it's it's a redirection for the franchise so then oh, they okay. made four five and six which are all in the first timeline <sighs> and then they reboot it to where the only films that are canon are the very first two and they're like we're making wow. a sequel and then they make that one and then a film and then a sequel to that film and then five years later there's a complete reboot of remaking the original Halloween and then a sequel to that. And then the Holy 20 shit. and then the 2018 film is another reboot that says the only film that's canon is the original 1978. And then this is a sequel to that one. That's insane. There are four timelines and one random anthology film. It's wild to think that in order to enjoy a movie you may have to reference a flow chart. <laughs> So, and this is why this Sins video was so perfect because this movie is the sequel to the film that was 2018, which is only a sequel to the original one. So the way that Jonathan and Chris talk about like how this movie is silly because of its callbacks, but they're calling back to movies that no longer canonically exist in this timeline. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, I appreciate like, that too. So like, I kind of like flipped through the Sins video. I didn't watch it like like in depth to like absorb knowledge. It just kind of like sure. I skimmed it a little bit, but I did notice that too. Like that. And that's the fun part about watching the sins videos. If you're not going to watch a movie is we, we inadvertently try to kind of tell the audience what's happening to remind them just in case it's been a hot minute. So sometimes we'll write a sin to be like, the movie is trying to do this here and this is why it doesn't work. And right. when you have those kinds of inconsistencies, writing like that really helps. Well, and and here's the thing, like, there's a sin that perfectly describes this, where they, where the, somebody says Michael Myers has haunted this town for 40 years. Yeah, that's a long fucking time. Well, and, and then the sin goes on to explain, all right, so this is a sequel to Halloween 2018, and, but it takes place the same night. Okay, that, that's right. Yeah. But that is a direct sequel to only the original film, 
which only the original film, the only, like Mike kills a couple of babysitters and their boyfriends. And that's it. Uh, and then I guess, according to this one, a cop as well. Somebody would not have terrorized the town for 40 years for one person going on a, I think there's like Two a five, five body count. Well, but, uh, but the uh, way that they're talking about it, it's the beginning of this movie. So they wouldn't even known about Michael attacking tonight. So it's like, is, is one town really haunted by like right. three murders one day? It, it doesn't make any sense. It's a valid sin is what you're saying. Woo! It's, it's the best sin. And then there's also another sin later where they asked Jamie Lee Curtis, like, what should we do? And she's like, we fight. We always fight. And I just think it's yeah. hilarious because I just binged all of these movies. Oh, and, did you? okay, um, okay. They never fight. They always run. Like, they run. Like, they <laughs> don't know how, how to fight. fight because you you can't kill Michael Myers. So so they run. The lead character winds up fighting, but it's a self-defense fight. It's not an active, pro- proactive, anything like that. So it's like, they don't fight. Like, <laughs> they run. What a stupid line anyway there was another sin too that was kind of like about there's discrepancies and there's this clever sin this the guy says like uh shit i forgot my my, my stethoscope and the sin is yes. too bad marcus doesn't make it to halloween ends we could have had a trilogy of him forgetting a <laughs> stethoscope and that's just such a deep cut right like you have to know the content and the movies to for that one to make sense but well and i didn't remember him but the the sins video made sure to point out Oh, they're they're continuing this joke. He forgot a stethoscope at the beginning. I'm like, I didn't even know that guy was in the first. Like the the yeah. ones that I'm gonna enjoy are ones like, um, how about that sassy tackle? And then the sin is like checking your gun inventory while in a hospital parking lot. <laughs> that stuff is gonna like capture my attention because I can follow it without any context. But there was some serious deep cuts in this one too. So yeah, and along with the stethoscope guy, uh, being a part of the medical medical profession is great. On a night where all these people are getting hurt and killed, you should maybe just work at the hospital instead of trying to kill this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Michael Myers apparently knocked on the back door and then ran around to the front house of the door only to come back to the back door when Little John isn't looking. And I can't imagine the shot I'd like to have seen more in this movie. And it's one of those where, like, Michael never sprints. He never runs. He just walks in a straight line. I just, I kind of want to see him like, you know, knocking and like giggling <laughs> and like running to the, like sprinting to the back and knocking. And, oh, it just, that sin was one of those where like my imagination just ran wild. It's great. So, Good stuff. Again, potential for sin of the week is if a woman brought an iron, somebody brought handcuffs. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it got you. You're cracking up. It's so I love good. that. Because they're just pointing out that, like, this person brings a hockey stick. Like, fair. Not a bad weapon to bring to a mob fight. And this person brings a bat. And this person brings the, like... But nobody brings handcuffs. If this woman brought an iron, somebody brought handcuffs. There's a cop with handcuffs. Like... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, One of the ones I really liked is... So, when we sin how much time a movie has left. Like, it's easy to say, this movie has 20 minutes left. Dang. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, just... There, you could state the obvious, but this sin is this movie has around 13 minutes left and it feels like it, at least 11 of them are spent on Allison and Cameron staring at this door. <laughs> I love sins like this because the sin is obviously that this moment is taking a really long time, but it's just cleverly written. So yeah. that's an example of how when people want to try to kind of write in the fashion that the channel sounds like it's finding a way to sin staring at a door in a clever way and that's an example right. of how i really like that one a lot that was clever also cleverly worded is um these guys are incredible at fighting fires but terrible at fighting myers mm-hmm. uh, yep wordplay <laughs> wordplay man how does it work <laughs> add it to the supercut uh-huh 
that's pretty much all the ones I wrote. Yep, me too. Me too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of them. I think potentially my favorite video of the week. So. Ooh, very nice. It's either that one or the next one. But I did have uh, two comments that I wanted to highlight, though. One of them is uh, Crash Burn 32 on YouTube. Says Jamie Lee Curtis's hospital bed should have gotten a credit in this movie. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the other one is uh, just the YouTube comments were just littered about like, why didn't you guys do a bonus round on mm. Evil Dies Tonight? Or like, how did you not send that at all? And explaining to you, Danae, there's the, there's this mob mentality, right? Mm-hmm. And their chant is Evil Dies Tonight. And they say it probably like 600 times in this 90 minute movie and it's annoying and everybody has hated it since the second that it came out uh Um, yeah and and it would have very easily been a bonus round but like that's why it's not done right is because it's so easy and the internet has already (laughs) cinemasined it for the last year right like yeah, there are sometimes it just and honestly, there have been several times I've written an entire bonus. By the way, writing a bonus round is not easy. It is it takes a very detailed amount of time to timestamp every single thing that you're going for. And then of course the editing team puts it together and then you you watch it and sometimes you cut it right at the very end because you're just like, this just doesn't work like I wanted it to work. It's also a 24 minute video. It's not lacking for content. Yeah, yeah. So I did a bonus round for Romance in the Stone where I added up, I'm not kidding you, all of the bullet sounds. Oof. Because this movie is Rambo meets romance. <laughs> and when they re- when they start to shoot the guns, it was so annoying and it was absolutely overkill. So if you watch Romance in the Stone, every single time a bullet was fired, I was keeping track and we got to the end of the video and the way that I had written it, like I had done all this work, the editors had done all this work and Chris and I just looked at it and we're like, it shifts the pacing. So it was cut in the very last minute, uh, mm. despite all the work. So there's, there's all kinds of things that make the cutting room floor. So yeah, yeah you never know. Like sometimes we'll do it like in something really like a, like really cool that just doesn't, doesn't seem right. So it, you know, you never know. There might've actually been a bonus round. I mean, there wasn't, the but world will never know. there might have been. Oh, the world will know now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't let that one linger too long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that should take us to Wednesday's video then. Rick and yeah. Morty, season six, episode two. You still having fun with the show? Yeah, yeah. This one's fun for me. Although Jerry is now at the point where I, I he's so annoying to me that I want him to die. So. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, this is an Ian and Aaron script. Uh, what are some of the sins that you really liked today? Why don't you kick us off this time? Oh, okay. Um, I really enjoyed the foie gras sin, honestly. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I found out what foie gras was. I was disgusted and also curious. I've never eaten foie gras for the record, so I don't For the know. listeners, do you want to explain what it is? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's made out of the liver of like a duck. Mm-hmm. Or a goose? I think so, yes. I mm-hmm. b- did a very brief Google search, which was one of my keeping tabs. Was just I had to Google what that is. But it's been fattened up. So like, it's not like the, the goose had an extra helping one day. And so its liver was like feeling it. And then they harvest the liver. They do something called fattened up with gavage. Gavage. Mm. Okay, so gavage is the administration administration of food or drugs by force, especially to an animal, typically through a tube 
leading down the throat to the stomach. So this is essentially torture. Yeah. So they food torture a goose or a duck to make their liver massively huge and then they and then you eat it. That's how I want to go. No, you don't. You <laughs> liar. You liar. <laughs> You don't want to die like that. No one wants to die like that. And I am glad that we send foie gras. Uh, me too. And I am also just personally happy. It's illegal in California, New York City. I would say let's just make it illegal. Let's just let's just say no to it anywhere. It must taste a certain way. I don't know. People, it's a delicacy, you know, or whatever, but. Yeah, but I like goose. They're cute. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, I like not torturing things just so that, that you can get a big fat fucking liver. That too. I liked the pocket sin, obviously, anytime that somebody can can pick up my my disdain for the lack of pockets. Let's go. Let's just like have pants with pockets. I'm ready. You know what? Jinko jeans are coming back. They're super in style. I'm I'm ready for it. I'm going to go find yeah. a pair of Jinko jeans that has a pocket large enough for my child to fit in. And I'm going to have I'm going to live a happy life. And that's that. I don't know that um, the. Uh... FDA would be or not FDA CPS would be fine with you putting your child in a pocket, but it yeah I agree with the sentiment yeah okay okay I don't fine. think the FDA would be fine with that either, but I don't think that's <laughs> their responsibility. <laughs> Just in general, no one would be. So yep, I'm, I always get like a little bit of like this sense of pride with our Rick and Morty videos because they are hard to sin, and this season especially is so self aware. Uh, so we're gonna have the same. <laughs> The same problem, quote unquote problem, that we have every single Rick and Morty. Every time we talk about Rick and Morty, it's going to be there too. But um, the Rick is a dick for no reason. Even knowing his dickishness will short circuit his own plans. Cliche Mm -hmm. is fun because there are some that exist just for Rick and Morty. And that felt like a fun way of kind of poking fun at that. What about you? What are some of the ones you liked? Uh, Still better than most religious music. Yeah. I like the one about the reading on the toilet, a.k.a. committing a hemorrhoidian slip. (laughs) AKA, AKA boarding, boarding the, the pulmonary, pulmonary embolism pulmonary. express. Yep. Uh, we all have friends who mangle movie quotes. This one is for them. Uh, oh. And I also kind of feel like there's there's definitely doing this podcast sometime. I'm like, the sin is like this or something along those lines. So I'm also like, this, this sin's kind of for me too. Cause I'm not like saying the exact sin some of the times. Mm-hmm. Uh, if John's had studied Die Hard so much, wouldn't it make sense to improve upon the mistakes in the first movie rather than repeat them? And A, good point. The tricks? A good point. A good point. Excellent point. Don't throw bare feet in glass houses or whatever. Yeah, or whatever. Amazing. Like the little throwaway at the end. I also like the title, the, the sex tape one that I couldn't find uh, find it. So I'm standing in the general area with a microphone. And this one was, is exactly how my sex tapes get made. <laughs> Funny shit. I think that's all I have. Are you good? You're yep. content? Yep. So I'll take us to Thursday's video. Uh, Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Now, before we actually get into the video... I was uh, asked this, and I was curious myself, Is was this changed in the schedule at all? Because So I know that Sweeney Todd, obviously October, and I know that the show is getting ready to premiere on Broadway again, or at least I assume again, it's a Sondheim, so I would assume it's already been on Broadway. But I know it's going to come back to Broadway. But the other thing is Angela Lansbury, who passed away this past week, was the original Mrs. Lovett in the original stage production. So... Was this video schedule changed due to any of those circumstances? No, this was a total like this happens all the time. Just these random kind of like 
we're just in the vein of some universal approval of when we release our videos. So this was actually in the schedule two months ago. This was not intentional. It just obviously Sweeney Todd is like a Halloween-esque sort of thing. And so it kind of got put on the schedule for this time of year, but it wasn't something where we were able to really plan for it. So this was a, this was an accident. This is a Jonathan and Ian script this time. Denny, I'm curious because, all right, so you're not a big movie person and you're definitely not a big horror person, but this is a musical. Mm. Is this a film that you'd seen before or a play or anything? Uh, so I watched a little bit of it. I think when it came out, I, I really liked Tim Burton and his quirkiness and, mm-hmm. you know, those sort of like there was like a series of time where it just seemed like we had like Coraline coming out and we had Nightmare Before Christmas come out and, you know, like these different things like that. So this one was like on my radar and I started watching it, I think. And so I remembered when I was scanning through the video that uh, some of it looked familiar to me, but I never watched it all the way through. I wonder if I would like it, though. So. It's not 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 what I'm opposed to to watching. Well, are you like a big musical person? I don't know. I watch them sometimes. I don't I don't I'm not as passionate about them, I think, as like maybe Aaron Dicer. (laughs) Sometimes I think that singing storytelling through singing is really, really powerful Mm -hmm. because music is such a there's a universal language to it. There's a way that when the music crescendos, you don't have to understand language to feel the emotion mm. of music. And so I think that when you add a story to it, like if you're going to go to the opera or if you're going to watch a musical, I think that it's, it can really aid the storytelling. But but sometimes I feel like for me in a musical, there's like this moment when it's like, and now we're singing a song and I find myself going, so is this like in their imagination or is this in real life? And there's there's, to me, there's always this sort of element of where it shifts it out of what could be because it just seems so uh, much of a far stretch. But there again, I am someone who actually in my everyday life sing a song every day mm-hmm. because I love singing as I do my life. And Iris is the same way now because I'm her mom. And so we will sing back and forth to each other. Like we'll lay in bed at night and she'll sing about things she loves about me and things that she thinks about her day just from her own heart. And then it's my turn and then I'll sing back to her. And then sometimes we'll sing at the same time. She'll say, okay, now we sing together. So we're like literally living a musical. So it does happen and it is fun and that's real and it's my real life. But somehow when I see it, sometimes in content, it distracts me. So it just, it just sort of depends on how it's presented. I've been told that I would really like a, a few musicals that have come out like La La Land. I think it's all in the storytelling, just like in anything that that you watch or anything that you listen to. It's just it's how it's presented. Like, I'm not going to love every opera, but there's some that yeah. I'm really going to enjoy just because of how it's put together, or how it makes me feel. So Sweeney Todd is kind of one of those ones where I don't know that I would be like, yes, because it's a musical and because it's Tim Burton I, or that, that has that vibe or whatever. I'm going to love it. Everything is something that I could not enjoy. <laughs> sure. That's fine. That's all right. That's just how I am. Can I recommend one to you that I think that you would personally really love? Yeah, sure. It's not a movie. So uh-huh. great. It's called Hadestown. Okay. My wife and I got a chance to see it in February. And um, it is the story is that of Orpheus. Broadway? It is. We saw it traveling. So yeah. So when we were in New York last year, I saw an advertisement for it. It looked really interesting. It's the story of Orpheus. But the musical style is like New Orleans jazz. So it's Greek mythology in this like. That's fun. Yeah, it's great. 
I love that. And it has a really good message at the end. So anyway, yeah, Sweeney Todd is, uh, I mean, Sondheim did the lyrics and he's considered, you know, one of the best of all time. West Side Story, probably the biggest standout. Like he's kind of like the goaded in the in the like musical theater world, and mm. um, I I really like this movie. I think I've only seen it once about five years ago, but I really really liked it, and I thought the music was great. It's got a relatively straightforward plot. It's nothing necessarily special, but like aren't all musicals kind of that way to some degree? Mm-hmm. So aren't all movies that way to some degree? To some whatever. Degree. As long, if you're enjoying the ride, if you're enjoying the music, it's fine. So and I really enjoy the music and I really enjoyed the movie. So uh, Jonathan and Ian writing on this, as I said, let's get into it. Uh, continent hopping should never be allowed in the song. I'm trying to visual- if I'm trying to visualize your journey. I now have to think about what airport you went to, what flight you took, and how long the flight was. It's exhausting being me, which leads me to my behind the scenes uh-huh. in this video. Yeah. On the continent hopping in a song, Sin, mm-hmm. how much research went into tracking the path before just writing a medicine? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was a sin that was just written for Joy's sake. I I asked about it and I my my interpretation of their reply was that not as much information was gathered before just writing a silly sin. So (laughs) it really wasn't a lot of research on that one. It was just sort of a fun like poke. I think sometimes though, got to be careful if you write some. Uh, so I've, I've, I've written a sin before that was sort of similar to this. And then, you know, your, your co-writers like, well, what's the research on it? And then you're like, okie dokie, we're going back to the drawing board on this one. And then good stuff comes from it. So, but in this case, it was just silly as is. And it kind of went to print. This is another one of those, ah, you're talking about. Ah, uh, Yep. After Alan Rickman says he's going to marry his daughter to keep her safe. Mm-hmm. Oh, creepy. Call me adventurous, but speed is not a stipulation I ever put on an individual with a sharp blade to my face. Yeah. There's something so unnerving about this, like these close shave things. Like I don't shave, obviously. You do. Uh, Do you ever (laughs) use one of those straight things? Like, have you ever done one of those before? I have like one of the ones that you like actually put a razor blade in it, but no, not a straight edge. Would you? Would you ever do that? Like, I, I just... I feel like we don't need to anymore, you know? <laughs> I keep stubble. It's kind of my look. Wait, wait hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you, do you mean you keep it like in a jar? I mean, my facial hair default is I'm, I'm never clean shaven. So like, so like if you're building your character on, on, a, on a video game, you, you're always like the five o'clock shadow guy. Yeah, I mean, maybe a yeah. little bit dar- darker than that. But yeah, I, I don't go ever like clean shave or no razor guard or anything like that. So I've been doing out my head recently because I'm bald. So, I mean, I've cons- I've considered like if I want to go somewhere professionally, that's going to get a smaller cut on bald, but whatever uh, on my head. But would you would you would you do it? Not a str- I don't think a straight edge. Uh, plus, Why? I don't really want to pay somebody thirty dollars to do what I okay, can. Let's do say I paid them thirty dollars. Let's say I did it. Would you do it? Like, would you sit down in a chair and let someone else straight razor your throat. I would I would do my research to make sure the person is professionally trained, not just Correct. you know, whatever. Yeah. They have a certificate on the wall that is current. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but again, I feel like if I were to shave my face, uh, I feel like a special occasion. So like my wedding, I would have gone and gotten a straight razor shave. Right. Like that would have been an instance where I could be like, "You know what? Let's spring for this. Let's do it." I would I would not attempt it myself, but yeah, that's kind of what I would I would go to a professional. I would do my research and for a special occasion, I would do it. Okay, okay. But not, not just an everyday. What if the special occasion was because the BTS fans wanted you to do it? Again, maybe my head. 
Uh, oh, we'll you see. said it's a hard uh, no. About, this is a no. How about, how about this? How about this? Uh, get <laughs> get this episode's tweet a number of likes, and I'll do it. Whatever. Like thirty likes. Thirty. That's likes. not hard. That's not, we that's three, not too hard. We, that's not too no, hard. That's not too hard. Thirty likes on this week's episode, and I will p- get I can pictures easily to prove make thirty fake Twitter accounts, and we'll just you could. Make and this if you happen. want to do that to see me get my head. Shaved with a straight razor. If one of the Twitter accounts is just razor him, then you'll know. (laughs) (laughs) You'll know it's me. (laughs) Yeah. So this episode, uh, 30 likes on Twitter. (laughs) We'll do it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Sorry about your poisoned wife and stolen kid. But look, I saved your pretty knives. Um, That was good. uh, I think this song was the original Every Breath You Take, which I love this song. Uh, Joanna is the one. It's, It's the like clear standout from the soundtrack. It's great. As the narrator uh, points out all the things that it's like, this kind of doesn't actually make sense. Like, look, it's a stage play, whatever. Uh, but I think the song was the original Every Breath You Take, as in the song that everyone thinks is sweet until you take a closer look at the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I just love the energy Jeremy brings when they're talking about the, um, the like, where does this shoot go? It goes through, like, because they're talking uh-huh. about the different angles. And it's like, this the shoot doesn't make any logical sense to get down to the basement. And then the narrator just goes, don't you say it's mirrors or some shit because I will put you in a pie. Yep. But that's all I had. That's it. That's it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Uh, on the Friday's video, the Old Spice uh, fourth film, the fourth Old Spice in the saga. I, I, that's that's not it, but um, what's the point? Yes, the point. Since we're here, since we're here, uh, who actually did the whistle at the end of the video? Uh, Chris. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know it's been a running gag for the. I really hope, and I think some of the YouTube, or some of the comments alluded, or some of the Discord alluded to, like they probably like had. Aaron whistle and then they edited it in no no that was all Chris um there was the loop that was played from the show itself obviously right um and and then the gag of course is that he was faking it to say that he nailed it and then it plays over and over again and he's like fuck make it stop and then he goes (laughs) to whistle himself and it's this sort of pathetic not quite there attempt that he's very proud of anyway um, yeah, I happen to be had the pleasure. So right now, Ian is in the United States, and that means he's like staying with a uh, Dicer and then we're all traveling together and we all co-work a lot. So I was actually around as he wrote this one. And it's really fun when you have a writer that's so passionate about something. And Ian sending these uh, commercials was a delight to observe because he's just so proud. <laughs> he had such a good time writing it. And it always feels good to watch like your team like really having a good time. So 
when the edit came through and all the visuals came together and the narration came together, he was watching it with his headphones on, just cracking up laughing. And it's just a lot of fun. Commercial Sins is a really fun space because it's one writer. So you're not collaborating with another writer. And it's a lot of pressure in a way as well, because it's just you. So there's nowhere to kind of hide. There's no one that's adding their own things to it. Now, Chris does potentially decide to do some edits as he gets to the narration. Like he'll read through his script that he has to narrate and he might decide to make a couple last minute changes. That's always something that the narrator can do on Mm -hmm. any channel. If they're reading a script and something just doesn't feel right, they have full permission to cut it, change it, whatever they want to do, add something if they want to. So that's not abnormal to have happen. uh, But it seemed like this one kind of just went off almost exactly how, if not exactly how Ian had imagined it. And that kind of brought his series to a close. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. uh, because commercials is a fun place where you can kind of like go at a specific kind of brand. Like I did the emu one for, I think it's state Mm -hmm. farm or whatever. Liberty mutual. Yeah, that's it. Liberty mutual. So when I get back into that one, I might like go for another emu commercial just to kind of like keep up the theme. So, yeah. One, there seems to be a lot of like, this seems to be a fan favorite. Um, yeah at least in discord so yeah. oh it's fun yeah and that's the other thing too is commercial sins is sort of a space where we have more of a conversation about it because we get fans that tweet us on you know suggestions too and very rarely can we turn around and follow through a fan suggestion on like main channel or even on tv sins but with commercial sins it's so different like we can actually in fact when we started the channel the question we uh i tweeted out to get ideas of like, what can we do? And wrote down every single suggestion. Uh, and then we've gone through almost every single suggestion at this point, which is why some of the the sins that we've done or some of the commercials that we started out with were like really old ones or like strangely specific ones. We actually mm-hmm. did the ones that the fans wanted uh, first, which was fun. And, I, and as a fan, I appreciate that because <laughs> I felt seen. Yeah, uh, because, it's fun. Because I suggested the Jake from State Farm, which is like, that's an obvious. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then there's some from like, there's like the Folgers one, I think, that was with the siblings when they when the, the brother came home and it was like this oddly incestual sort of vibe. Like that was a fan suggestion. I don't know that I would have ever found. So there's so many commercials out there. The tricky part is that they're getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Like commercials used to be at least a minute long and now they're like 15 seconds, some of them. So yeah. we have to kind of find ones that, that makes sense, but uh, well, uh, yeah. W- but what are before I steal all the sins again? Uh, what are some of the oh ones no, you I love it. This one. Oh my gosh! Well, we could just literally read this entire thing if we wanted to. the 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 lead in is take your uh, take your body, nature, and the sin is like, no, thank you. Nature has bugs, cholera, and if my TV is to be believed, dickheads host dickhead hosts that bribe you into doing random challenges until you're begging for the sweet release of death. Sometimes they even make you do it with no clothes and while terrified wake up sheeple so uh wasn't intending this was ian already a naked and afraid fan or was that just a consequence of living with aaron it's a consequence of living with aaron um yeah, yeah. Naked, afraid and survivor I- yep. ian is working out his um and this is something that we all do in our scripts i'm sure bts fans are very very aware of this like we we all work out our own shit through our writing <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, as long as we can find a healthy, humorous outlet for it, I think it's okay. Um, but yeah, that's definitely one. Like I'm working through birth trauma apparently, and Ian is working through reality <laughs> TV trauma. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons I love this is because behind the scenes, again, I kind of know like there are people yep. who like start this stuff and live in the woods and for money. So uh yeah what are some other ones the uh we're supposed to want to smell like axe murderers now Fuck. <laughs> it was really funny to me i really liked the stop yelling at me like the, the i think the lead was something about <laughs> their- it's it's the it's it's terry just coming out of the water and just going <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which terry is so funny in these commercials because he's so over the top and that's part of the joy of these commercials it's just it's the, it's all it's the joy of terry cruz yes like, <laughs> so but i do prefer i do prefer like the clever like the other guy i don't i don't remember his name oh they're like, great I, yeah i do no yeah i do yeah. prefer the more subtle like you know look like look back your man back to me now i'm gonna whore yeah like, i love just, those that was really um, fun when those commercials came out i was it was so random and unexpected and just the cleverness of them using the camera space like the of yeah. the setup but these are delightful because i just terry cruz is he's just so he's, he's, He's amazing. He's so energetic. So and the, the this yelling one was like, "What the fuck is going on? Why are you yelling? Holy shit! I'll buy your damn body. Why I stop yelling at me?" <laughs> yeah, it's also it's also funny because like for the BTS fans specifically, you guys can probably hear like Ian's voice as as, as he would say that, but then you also get to hear Chris's voice as he narrated it, and that's such a fun trip for those of us who really are like behind the scenes of it all. Uh, is I know that's an Ianson and I can hear him like just like freaking out and ranting about it, but then it's performed by my other friend, Chris. And so that's just a fun juxtaposition. So I just found myself smiling a lot through this one. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could uh, write all, I could just list. Them. Yeah. We literally could just read this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would, I, I guess I'll just like to ask. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked adding the math equations when Terry launches the other guy in the air. Is yes. that a writer's prompt or an editor's? Well, I should have, I should have had you prep an answer. But oh no, I can I look it up. I think really about quick. it until now. Um, so because I know like there was the, um, there was, there was an example recently. It was the, the changing of the letterings on the sign. Yes. And, you, and Aaron said that the editors just did that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, um, we're really having a good time with the create, like, and, and commercial sins is a super place to experiment with creativity from the writer's perspective and the editing perspective. And sometimes they really do. They just get this idea and they'll just sort of like reveal it to us when we're looking at the edits and then we kind of at the as the writers get to go yeah that super amplified what i was trying to do and trim it down or add to it or whatever so in this case the editor instructions were to add uh, i'd like to add some math angles to the bottom of of the boat as it lifts and then an arrow showing the trajectory of isaiah as he leaves the boat as if the narrator is trying to do the math on how this all worked so from yes. that instruction, the editor was able to create visually and we never know exactly what it'll look like. So in this case, it's like, this is kind of what I want to do. Is this possible? And we'll talk about that a little bit too in the outtakes for Frozen here in just a second. Like you give an idea and then you see if it actually works or if it's something the editor is comfortable with doing. I thought that worked really, really well. Well, and it seems fun too, because it feels like you have a good enough relationship with the editors and like that you're kind of being like, here's the start of the idea. But yeah. Like, use the use your abilities to make it like 
Yeah, best. yeah. And and you lean into other creative people. Like I know my strengths and weaknesses. I don't know what the editor is going to be comfortable doing. Like I could say, can we Photoshop this person's face onto this person and do this kind of thing and blah, blah, blah. Like, because there was one that I did recently that was super, super fun. And the editors just killed it. It's not out yet. Oh, I can't tell you about it. There was mm. just, it was really, really fun though. Because in the edits, I... Like you just describe it and you're like, can you superimpose this person's face onto Indiana Jones? Like, you know, the Indiana Jones <laughs> scene when Indiana like shoots the guy that was using his whip all crazy yeah. or this. So I did that on a, a, it's going to come out and hopefully you guys will remember this. You'd be like, oh my God, Danae's a genius. But there's this moment where I, I superimpose the character's face onto Indiana Jones and then he shoots the other character in the distance and it worked out really really well and they're just having a lot of fun with it so we're kind of entering into this so much (laughs) we're kind of into this really fun space uh three more I'll just mention uh there's a let's talk about the villains plan which I never thought we would get in commercial sin but I love it and then there's there's two that are linked together one one of them says I may as well crawl back inside the room from whence I came and I and hope to get reabsorbed for all the chance I have of contributing to the gene pool whilst these two specimens exist as well as, how am I supposed to keep sleeping at night knowing these brands are now having a fucking civil war to get my attention? Trust me, I'm not worth it. And I just wanted to bring those up to ask, Ian, are you okay? <laughs> Seem to be a lot of like self-deprecating jokes in this one. Just chicken in on you. He's doing all right. He's just working through some stuff, I think. <laughs> We're all witnessing. We're all witnessing it. <laughs> well, as a little reaffirmation, Ian, since you're listening... Uh, Neither of these men can grow a beard like you can. So that's right. Take that. That's right. You have a you have a one up on them. That's right. Maybe they maybe they could, but they don't. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> don't think about it. Just accept it. Uh, and for the first time ever, that'll take us to Saturday's video. I mean, there's been Saturday videos, but uh, for the tenth anniversary recent. Yeah, surprise, Frozen. surprise, surprise. Uh, I've been waiting so long to say this because Aaron would always combine names, and I don't do it because I. Don't have as good diction as other Aaron, but he would be like, this is a Watkinson script. And I would Jonathan and Chris. No, uh, but I've had this one in the canon since BTS started. This is a Danae Aaron <laughs> script. Danae Ron. <laughs> Danae Aaron script. So, yeah, it is. Uh, Aaron and Danae on this one. Woo. Yeah, this one was fun. It's fun. So so uh, we are re-sinning. Uh, leading up to our 10 year anniversary, we've, we're doing 10 recents where we're going back in time and pulling out some that we wanted to give another stab at. And I think the reason that Chris put this one onto the schedule, I didn't ask him specifically. I'm making a massive assumption here, but I think it's because I wrote on Frozen 2 and I wondered if he wanted to have a female voice again on like on Frozen, you know what I mean? Like to kind of go yeah. back and add a a different like a Danae perspective or a female perspective on it because it's come out fairly recent you know it's not like it was mm-hmm. one done you know 10 years ago or something but yeah so we just gave another stab at it and there's going to be others so be watching specifically nine others yeah be watching every Saturday for the next nine weeks we're going to be doing the same exact thing where we have um, another stab at a classic and I'm going to be on one other one for sure. Um, but yeah, we're all just writing our little butts off these days. So I, w- I want to kick off with my one qu- keep buying the sins question. Uh, how is it writing on a video that's already been done? Like, I mean, the videos were much shorter when these were released, 
But did you ever come across a joke where you loved it, but you had to cut it because it was in the original video? I decided not to watch the original video and Aaron did the same thing. So we actually wrote our entire script without referencing the original material at all. And then after we put ours together, watched the original and there are some crossovers. And then there's also some things that we missed. And interestingly, there's some things that we cut from our script that they covered in the first one without us knowing it. So, mm. and that was interesting too, because like I, I would make a strong, like I was like, <laughs> I think we should just cut this. It's a little argumentative, but it's actually in the first video. And so I think Aaron, I think I asked to cut one of Aaron's and he, he was like, well, it's interesting because it was in the first video. And I'm like, well, good. We covered it there. <laughs> you know. So, um, yes. yeah, we actually kind of. So, so it's like it uh, it's like when a director is making a book adaptation, like, no, don't read the book before you come into the movie. There's something about it that's nice. I mean, obviously, we have to watch the material that we're sending, but to yeah. kind of stay free from the, the previous sources. I felt like it was a good idea for me because I didn't want to find myself thinking that I had to do something the same way. It's a strange part of writing for the team. And when we're recenting, it's really going to happen. Like you can yeah. compare yourself to other writers and it's a dangerous game at times. It's actually been debilitating for me in my own personal writing journey, which I've shared here on the show before. Like it's not mm -hmm. been an easy thing to do. I, I didn't set out to become a comedy writer I have an entertaining personality and I, I've used my words for a long time, but taking a thought and putting it down on paper and making it kind of like flow from thing to thing throughout, you know, a script and then thinking critically about what you're watching and finding an interesting way to talk about it. Those things just it takes time to learn that. And thankfully, you know, Chris and Jeremy have been really patient. I'm not doing anything that's like not good. They wouldn't have me on the team if I wasn't writing well from the beginning. But like even now, after three years, I'm going into my fourth year now, I'm still making improvements in how I write. And part of that is because I watch my partners and I read what they write. I'm like, wow, that's really, really good. Like Chris is kind of like for me, a goal is to try to write a, a, a script like Chris, because I can kind of write like Jeremy because he'll go off on these silly tangents and I can do that too. Like my imagination mm -hmm. just kicks off and I'm just writing down something silly. And mm -hmm. I mean, obviously Jeremy writes more than just silly jokes, but like Chris writes these really complex, like plot pick apart things. And that's taught me a lot, but it's not like we sit down as a group and are like, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to teach each other. I've been learning by reading and learning by repetitively doing this over and over again. And it's been difficult to do. So I really didn't want to read or watch the first script because I didn't want to find myself trying to repeat what someone else did. I really wanted to just kind of go at it the Danae way. And it's easier for me to just write it and walk away from it. And I don't even go back and really listen to a lot of what the comments say or anything because I just it's it's a really strange and deep, deeply personal job in that way. So sure. Yeah, but well, it, it was interesting to go back afterwards, though, because there's a lot that was similar. Well, I think you did all the right things. Oh, I loved the video. Good. It's great. It's a really fun time. And I, I wrote this down. It's, it's kind of nice watching the, a Frozen video after all the horror stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what a palate cleanser. <laughs> I will say just like from myself, too, uh, I wrote more sins on this than I ever have to date. So this wow. had the most sins. Um, you I have a number? 140 from me alone. Oof. Now, so, is that helped because I've watched this with my child multiple times? Probably. I was going to ask, like, as a as a parent, when Frozen was in its heyday, 
Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen Frozen? Iris was too young, um, so she was oh. she was born in seventeen. The, so we we didn't have the the Frozen excitement. She definitely has watched this, you know, probably fifteen times, maybe at this point. But it's not like this obsession, and we don't listen to the soundtrack all the time. But it's definitely something that we can sing together. So I feel what is, like I what is that one that you had to watch hundred forty times because of Iris? <laughs> Octonauts. <laughs> <laughs> She's really into like the Netflix shows. She watches those yeah, things yeah. quite a lot. Um, but thankfully, she hasn't really obsessed about a movie. She really liked Lion King. She watched a lot of Lion King. I saw a TikTok of yeah. these parents showing a like one and a half year old Lion King for the first time and showing her reaction to when uh, when the dad dies. Ugh. And it was like hilarious and heartbreaking. Yeah. You're like, she's so naive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the world of emotional terrorism. That's really what I feel like I love to do in these it's kids' movies. No, like in the when I watch a kid's movie, I love to get into that mentality of like, what is the movie doing to the kid watching? And that's where yeah. I'm really enjoying sinning. So like in this, that's really like what I'm giving to the sins verse is like the emotional terrorism sins or the, hey, kids, you know, the the theme of this is, you know, what they're trying to teach you is to abandon yourself. And like, I really like to point those kinds of things out because it's a chance for me to kind of shine because I really get triggered by what they show in kids movies. The someone thought ahead and thought little Kristoff needing tools at the end of the row was uh, cute. And it just shows that Arendelle is A-OK with child labor. That yeah, kind of- that kind of stuff. Like, it's just fun to do that or... But but yeah, I wrote 140 sins on this one. It was the most I've ever, ever written. So the combine process was a little bit of a bitch, but we got through it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, we had I, I love writing with Aaron. We had a lot of fun. We uh, He cut some of my sins. I rarely fight for him. And I was like, are you sure about that? And then he read him again. He's like, nope, we're adding it back. And so it was very <laughs> much a collaborative kind of thing. So we, we, we both really enjoyed it. Um, like one of the ones though that I was really proud of is towards the beginning is I have a cameraman sin, which is so yes. funny to put yes. in an animated movie. Uh, <laughs> well, so again, that's the that's one I didn't write down because like most of my sins were from that first little chunk. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and I was just like, I can't write every single sin. <laughs> yeah. Because then the lyrics say the ice is stronger than a hundred men, but I only see six. I've seen more icebreakers than the first day of junior high summer camp. It's um, also fun on this one because we're sending things that you do. Like, so let's say the movie just came out. We don't get to send things like uh, the the lead in is, do you want to build a snowman? And the sin is phrases forever ruined by a movie for 500. Like mm-hmm. we don't have those kinds of things if time hasn't elapsed. And that yeah. has been over said too many times. There's also a sin about, you know, like when uh, Elsa sways her hips and we send that hip sway like people were given this shit, blah, blah, blah. We don't have that perspective on some of the newer movies. So it's fun to it's fun, it's fun to send one that was a big hit because you kind of know what you want to send. So to like know those moments you want to dig into. So, yeah. Conceal, don't feel it. Don't let it show. Conversations about condoms somehow make a kid's <laughs> movie. Gross. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and the other one I wrote down because I think this is perfect and clever is uh, this is not the singer in the movie that would be defying gravity. Yeah, that was Aaron. And what a it's great point that was. So clever. What a nice dig that was. Yeah. It's like the sin itself works, but then it's like you have Indina Menzel right there. Yep. Like, yeah, it was with really her clever. most famous song. Well, I don't, I don't, probably "Let It Go" is now her most famous song. But before probably, Frozen, it was it was "Defying Gravity." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I I won't name them all, but there's a lot of sins in here that are about like the parenting. Like, 
the yes. dad shames Elsa immediately. And yeah, you know, what's crazy like, about that was, you're just like, why can't they just come in and be like, is everybody is okay? Everybody, like, like, that's what a parent would say. Also, they should be in pajamas. But what that's what a parent would that's what say. A, that's what a good parent should say. Is coming in and They're being bad like. parents. They deserve to get shipwrecked. Right. <laughs> um, so those things were interesting. And also like the trolls and just how quickly everything, you know, <laughs> it's just how quickly everything is like isolating Elsa. And they do this in kids movies all the time. I've noticed mm-hmm. is they take the lead character and they isolate them. They The parents are against them. The friends are against them. And it kind of teaches you to fear being alone. And I think that there's a real health in being alone. So I'm super okay with like just killing that in every movie that I ever send that's a child's movie. I'm going to just continue to like, you know, get it. I also like the ones because we did like the little thought bubble on this one or the talkie bubble on this one. That was kind of a fun collaboration between the writers and the editors on that. It was like King Agnar does not say this in the scene. And as it's as King Agnar is saying that, the thought bubble po- or the word bubble pops up and like begins to fill in the word bubble. That was really fun. Uh, that's another example of us just trying to kind of fun new clever ways to to do some interesting things on screen for you guys. There was a lot in this one that I really liked. I'm really proud of this one. Yeah, it was great. Really funny. Yeah, it's fun. It was a fun. It's fun one to send. I, I do want to point out one more that made me crack up. This is one of Aaron's. Um, the the little stone person is like saying they passed a kidney stone and so it's like carrying around your kidney stones outside of your butt dear god that poor troll's urethra i (laughs) when i read it i was like oh that's funny but then when i saw it i really cracked up laughing because i never realized that the rock troll is holding a gigantic pebble and so we just like zoom in on it and that caught me off guard and i was very amused by that that makes it two uh, large objects passing passing through your urethra sin. Because mm-hmm. there's a, in the House of the Dragon, there's the I'm gonna push a coconut through your See? pee hole. And- <laughs> we accidentally do this stuff all the time. It's yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that'll take us to behind the sinner. So tell me about yourself. We're all sinners, every one of us. And what happens to sinners? Get to know each other better, you know. See, Daddy, sinners have soul too. The information. It's too much. Walk away, March. Just walk away. Uh, Danae, I've been asking everybody these questions. I have two for you and then a personalized one for you. So uh, if you had to describe CinemaSense to someone who had never heard of the channel, how would you do it in a sentence or two? Oh, it's a comedy channel that is based around a character that watches a ton of content, probably secretly loves all of it, but wants to complain Mm. anyway. You're sitting beside somebody who doesn't really want you to know that they're enjoying themselves. So they're going to overcompensate by pointing out everything that yeah. is wrong with it. No, I like that. Like secretly enjoys it. I mean, look, there's certainly some things that, you know, even, even things that are considered good that people don't like and things that are considered bad that people like. But I like that kind of fold because the narrator is not a joyless character. No, so, no, yeah, no. It, not at all. But it is it's just like the idea, like the per- that one person that can't help but talk out loud during the movie and point out the things that they think that are wrong, whether they're right or not. And that's kind of the fun of it. And so I uh, that it's a comedy I, channel, though. I, I want to point that out. <laughs> I can't wait to um, whenever all these are done next week will be the last week of the first round. So I can't wait to like look back and just be like, here's what everybody says about the you know what cinema sins are because like because like daniel described it as your friend i was like oh that's an interesting fold and like like that's something that i've never considered so he's your friend who loves movies just doesn't want to show it love it 
so then what are a few of your favorite sins? Uh, the, I, I really like the way Daniel described it. You said like ones that you either saw or wrote and you're just kind of always aspiring to hit that level again. Oh, gosh. Well, the one that I always aspire for is the Grinch Who Stole Christmas one. Was that the animated or the live action? Uh, the animated one uh, okay. with Benedict Cumberbatch. So on that one where I evaluate the interior versus the exterior of a building, that's probably will always be one of the best sins I've ever written for many, many reasons. Uh, not only was it accurate, but it was clever. It flowed really well. And it took me over an hour to do that one sin alone. So Oof. it was kind of, and it was one of those things I was talking about earlier where I said, just believe me, I've done the research. The outside doesn't match the inside. And my writing partner, which was Chris said, did you actually you know, do that? I said, yeah, I was, I wrote for like 20 or 30 minutes. I just couldn't get it out. He's like, do it again. Let's like, I, I'm curious what you can write. And I was like, okay. An hour later, I messaged him. I was like, here it is. And it was just this bulky wall of text but it just came together perfectly. We had to really tweak it in the editing process to make sure that the arrow is pointed to the right spot in my mind. But it's such a trip to try to get what's in your head onto paper and then into a visual space for everybody else to enjoy. And that's that's my benchmark. I do try to hit that one, obviously. And it doesn't always work because you don't always see the interior exterior problems. Like there's, it's not always, not every show you watch is going to have that same issue. But when they're really involved and it comes out well, it feels really, really good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But one of my favorite sins that I have going on right now is when we respond to a lead in with something like is uh, says the person who just did this. So like in Sweeney Todd, it was like, I think the lead, mm. the lead in was something like, um, he's no good. He just murdered somebody or whatever. And the, this, the sin is like, says the person who just suggested murdering someone. So <laughs> the, I don't know when we started or if it's always been this way, but it seems like there's just been this uptick and this happens because we all influence each other's writing, but I really enjoy it. Like says the person that just did this. So we're kind of judging the person who's judging the person. And I'm really enjoying those mm. these days. <laughs> there was a really clever, kind of similar in the frozen video where they just say like, we'll be back in a couple of days. It's like, she does not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those are really fun. Like, like have, uh, you're going to be fine, Elsa. She will not. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Those are yeah, fun. Yeah, no, that's a, yeah, kind of the response of like, says the person that mm -hmm. just suggested murder. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so then, Danae, uh, everybody's kind of gotten their own personalized thing. And I thought, you know, last week we revived a couple segments. And I thought, you know what? Let's revive another one. Let's have a little bit of nay play. This is the part of the show where I take over. <laughs> So, okay, you, you mentioned that you might do a nay play. So I wanted to give you um, one of the things about me that you might not know is that I obsessively hoard interesting articles that I pretend like I'm going to go back to and read later, but I never do. So I'm going to I'm going to read you some headlines of some articles that I am keeping on my on my phone that I have not had a chance to read yet. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here's the title of this headline. The smell from a passenger's carry-on bag forced an American Airlines flight to make an emergency landing in Florida. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the odor is. Like, should I read it and find out? I don't know. It's scary. I don't know that I want. It says there's a chemical odor I... in the cabin, and that's all. A chemical odor. It's best not knowing. Hazmat units performed a hazard assessment due to reports of strong chemical smell coming from inside of the plane. They used an abundance of caution. People were sent to the hospital. People did feel sick. There was vomiting. 
what was it? It didn't, it never tells you. And this is why clickbait is so fun. So my question to you, Aaron, is what do you think it was? We don't actually know the answer. So there's no, there's no way that you're going to get this right. Hmm. It's got to be some sort of roadkill, right? Or like In a bag sort of car- that carcass. someone bought on the plane? There's no way that made it through TSA check. You're right. Okay, you're right. It He ha- had to go through TSA check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be like Axe body, body Odor Spray, right? <laughs> I, I wonder if it is a travel size something that popped. Something popped and it, won't, it wasn't good. Yogurt. I'm going to say yogurt. Okay, yogurt is your answer. <laughs> Mine is definitely Axe Body Spray. All right, here's the next one. I'm going to have you fill in the blanks of this one. This is the title. <clears throat> I recently removed blank contact lenses from a patient's eye. In my 20 years as a doctor, I've never seen anything like it. Now, I did read this article because I was really curious about this one. Blank. I recently removed blank contact, contact lenses from a patient's eye. This is a true story. I mean, I feel like the answer I would probably would say would be like a colored one. But like, they don't make contact lenses for animals. Well, she's not a veterinarian. This is an actual doctor. True. I'm still going to say moose because that sounds fun. Uh, Moose contact lenses. 23 contact lenses. Oh, geez. It was a number. That's so many. (laughs) That's way too many. So this was a a patient that was 70 years old, like in mid 70s, and was wearing single contact lenses. Unsure how long they'd been in her eye. But she video recorded it and it went viral. And uh, yeah, there were 23 stacked up in her eye. Did she think they just dissolved after a month? Or did she forget? I don't know. But it like it rolled. You know how we have these like little pockets in our eye? Yeah. Yeah. So it was back in those pockets just gathering up in there. Jeez, mm-hmm. that's frightening. Yeah. Here's another one that I saved. Are you ready for this one? This one's kind of interesting. Uh-huh. I love science shit. A dish of brain cells figured out how to play ping pong in five minutes. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is from Science Alert website, sciencealert.com. And it says you can watch along. Um, No, really, it's not a joke. There isn't a punchline. There's an actual answer thanks to a neural network system called Dish Brain. If uh, if that game is Pong, the number of brain cells is around 800,000. While their slow-moving, one-sided strategy for digital table tennis won't see them win any esports championships in the near future, it does reflect the potential for fusing living tissue with silicon technology. This is the first synthetic biological intelligence experiment that shows that neurons can adjust their activity to perform a specific task and, when provided with feedback, can learn to perform that task better. It goes on from that's there, but that stuff is like, oh, I want to dig into that later because this is like, oh, it's kind of scary. Yeah. So what do you think of this? This is this is my peruse the news segment. And when I launch my own podcast, this will be part of my actual podcast where I go over shit that I can't I mean, help but keep. I'm a big fan of this. You like it? Uh, this segment idea. Yeah. I found similar to your one. I found out recently this guy followed t- TikTok. He's the, the renegade science teacher. Ooh. And he was talking about um, how there are 206 bones in the average adult human body. But he goes to point out that like 80% of your bones are just in your hands and feet. Yeah. And that's like unnerving. Yeah. It's so um, intricate how we have to move those parts of our body, though. It kind of makes sense. I like this segment. This is a fun segment. You like it? You want to do one I w- more? I would... Yes, please. Okay. Okay. I'll do one more. And then um, and then we can, you know, do the whole wrapping up thing where we say how much we like each other and where you can find me and all that stuff. Woo. 
I mean, this one's maybe not as exciting, but it's scientists turn plastic into diamonds in a breakthrough. The production of nano diamonds from PET plastic paves the way towards a new form of recycling and even has implications for ex- exoplanets and that rain diamonds. That sounds fun. Yeah. So this one kind of goes on to talk about like planets that actually like have diamonds in their atmosphere. Although raining diamonds sounds frightening. It very. In 2017, researchers in Germany and California found a way to replicate those planetary conditions, fabricating teeny tiny diamonds called nano diamonds in the lab that use polystyrene, a.k.a. styrofoam. So five years later, and they're back at it again, this time using some good old polythy- uh, ooh, PET, let's see, polyethylene terephthalate. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. <clears throat> Nailed it. According to a study that was published on Friday in Science Advances. So you can go read up on that. But it might be an interesting way to turn our trash into treasure. And that uh, is just part of what, like, I'm going to show you, but this is how many I keep. I, I am obsessed uh-huh. with keeping interesting things. I can't I can't stop saving them for later because I find them fascinating. And I used to do this on the Shoe the Dough podcast with Aaron Dicer back in the day because and we had to peruse the news segment and it would just literally be me like talking about new stuff that I can't put away. And I stopped doing it for a time and then recently started doing it again. And I realized I'm like, hey, when I launch my own podcast, which mm-hmm. hopefully will happen sometime in the beginning of next year, I Woo. will be bringing that back because it's just part of my life. So well, huh. you have at least two listeners. Me and I know my wife. Would Yay. Love it, so. I love your wife. She's so sweet. Nice. Uh, well, before we do move on to the whole saying nice things about each other and promoting uh, things, I just wanted to know, uh, we have to do Beyond the Sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. So, Danae, what is something you want to quickly recommend Warner Recorn? Oh, shit. You got like a game or an app or uh Yeah. So, I do have a game that I just found and I'm kind of testing it. So, I like to find games I can play with my five-year-old and that gets tricky because a lot of times there's a lot of pop-up ads and sometimes it's just, it it looks really fun and flashy, but they're just constantly bombarding you. But I found one called Secret Cat Forest. And at first I was like, well, that (laughs) sounds crazy, but it is so relaxing. It's essentially just two screens. So the the game starts, you kind of swipe down and it shows you this, the the entire screen is this like beautiful little house in the middle of a Mm -hmm. forest. And then the walls fade away and you see the interior of the house. And depending on the kind of furniture that you collect, uh, cats will come and visit. And so there's all these different kinds of cats. And you you don't get to decide uh, how you kind of get to decide how the cats come and visit you. But essentially, you add in furniture, uh, you add in rugs, you add in food, uh, decorations, and all of those combinations will attract different styles of cats that you can learn about. Uh, so that's on one screen. And then you swipe to the left and you'll see, and again, it's like very ethereal and beautiful, a big, beautiful tree. Mm-hmm. And then like this nice little flowing river where you can mm-hmm. fish. And all you do is you just touch the tree and it collects the wood that you need to build the stuff for the house. And it just takes a, like 20, 30 seconds and you just hold the tree down and it automatically collects. So it's a really easy thing for a little one to do and it's not too overwhelming or too overstimulating. And because it's a very relaxed scene, the music is also very relaxed. And then you just tap the little fishing pole and there's like a little fishing game and you touch on a fish and there's a little meter 
and a little arrow that goes up the meter. And when it gets to the red spot, you stop touching it. So it's just like a little quick, easy, very, very simple game. And all of the food that you collect is what also helps to attract the cats. And then after you've played for a couple of minutes, if you have it open too long, a pop-up window has appeared a couple of times for me that says, the cats like to come when you're not looking. It's time to close the app. So it actually encourages you to not play too long. And so it's a clever game. It's it's like, it's not overstimulating. It's really calming. And it's definitely one, like at the end of the day, if you know, your little one or you is just wanting to chill and calm down, doesn't have to be for kids, but it's a really good one too. They very cleverly like guide you into the game. A lot of times on these like quarter, like farming games where you're building stuff, there's like 700 branches of information you can go down. This is incredibly simplified. So it's a really good one. Again, it's called Secret Cat Forest, and I highly recommend it. There we go. I like that. Uh, I'm going to do a quick two for one uh, because I I mentioned I was watching all the Halloween movies, and I finally got to the last one that I had never seen, which is Halloween 2, the third timeline one. And um, I'm just going to give my review of the movie with a Dwayne The Rock Johnson quote. It's the biggest piece of dog shit. Okay. Now. The other thing is, since I mentioned to you, uh, this app called Pocket. So Pocket is this really cool app where you can let's, I have a tweet here from Mike Birbiglia that like, let's say I, I don't have the time to read right now, but I want to, I just go to share uh, and you can do this with Facebook, Google, whatever. And you scroll all the way to the side or whatever. And then you'll see, uh, you can share like it your app with, listing. Yeah. With my app listing. Yep. And then you can, it, you see Pocket here. So you go to add to Pocket and now it saves it in this app. That now I go to Pocket and I see all the articles that I've saved and it just directs me to them. And then I can like organize them in lists to be like stuff that I like really love and want to have on hand. Ooh. Or I can be like on this week's nay play or this That's week's nice. fun. So it's organizing stuff that you want to like watch for later. So especially like if you're only like on you know, Twitter or Facebook like once a day and you're like whatever. I'll, just, I'll put all the articles here that I want to read and then I'll read them. Or like if you're in the middle of a workday and all of a sudden your favorite article from New York times come up or whatever. And you're like, Oh, I want to read this or new article from Danae Hughes on the <laughs> cinema since Patreon thing about Ooh. the the thing. It, I want to, I've got the notification. The notification can go away because I opened it, but I don't have time to read it. Share via pocket. Really easy. Awesome. Really convenient. Love it. Well, that'll do it for the show. Uh, thanks Danae. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks uh, for having me back on the show. And hi to everybody listening. I miss you all so much. If you want to hang out with me, um, I haven't been as active on Twitch over the past couple months because of how much, you know, content that we're trying to make for you guys to enjoy. But you can follow me on Twitch. Danae says you can follow me on Twitter. Danae says I'm hoping to be going back and doing more gaming. So if you want to join me for one of my uh, fun role play games where I play Red Dead Redemption online on a private server called Wild mm-hmm. RP as a wacky character named Babs, who is a cussing uh, menace. Um, you're welcome to to join me mm-hmm. over there. That's over again on Twitch at Danae Says. I really want to see a Twitch stream of you playing Stray. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Like a game where you play as a cat. You're, that's not entirely right. You're, you're over at tw- Twitch once a week on Captain's Pod. Uh, that's true. That's true. We do record our Captain's Pod live on Mondays. Um, so you can catch me there as well. That's at the CinemaSins live channel. Um, so I would recommend if, if you're not thinking about Twitch, that's totally fine. You can catch all this stuff for free here in your podcast player. Or if you want to... Um, have it up on YouTube. You can go to the CSPN channel and find all this stuff, you know, there too. But if you ever want to see the 
how the shows are made or kind of more even more behind the scenes stuff you can catch that on twitch now nice uh yeah we will hopefully have you on um definitely sometime in the next eight weeks but hopefully soon <laughs> because uh, i miss i miss this so as far as ways to connect with me, uh, Twitter, Letterboxd at Schweitcastle. Uh, and then let me know the feedback, how you think the show is going. Uh, do you just want Danae to take over? Because I think we all do. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but just let me know how you think things are going and uh, any questions uh, or that you have like, hey, we want you to send this uh, or want you to talk about this sin this week. Uh, you can send that over to BTS at CinemaSins.com or you can DM this BTS Twitter at BTS. And lastly, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you're listening. And come back next Thursday for more Behind the Sins content. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to bts at cinemasins.com and be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash bts. Grinch peeks into the room, and here comes Mr. Bricklebomb, presumably from the front door, which is now in front of him, for whatever reason, which caused me to wonder if this insane who house has multiple front doors and I missed something. A quick check tells me this door is the entry point of the home, where Bricklebomb brings the dog inside. Side window, front door, blue wall in the background. Great! Except, where is the small window beside the front door? And opposite the door, the blue wall has been replaced by a massive fireplace. Is there a door on the other side of the house? No, just this larger window, which should be the back side of the fireplace. From this angle, we can see into the dining room, but there should be a goddamn slide from the dining room to the front door. That shit's obtuse. And before you tell me the windows are higher up the walls, they are not. And there seem to be two additional windows and the roof is shaped differently. And that was clearly worth all the time I spent sending it. How's the uh, project going? Um, I don't know. You tell me. No. Prepare to be disappointed this week. <laughs> is it working? Is it working? Is it working? Is it working? Looks good to me. Yay! And I see the recording. You see the recording Yay! in the top left? Yes, I do. Cool. Yay! Yay! I think you're wrong. <laughs> I do mean, I have evidence? No. Yeah. 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 You backpedal, sir. You backpedal. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the show. That's me arriving at the show. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that deeply. Because uh, the Ryman's in this old church. Mm-hmm. And so you're in these pews. And and by the way, I'm sitting by Aaron, who can't fit into the pew because his <laughs> legs are so long. Like, he's so tall. So he had to do the man spread thing, mm-hmm. which meant that he was taking up a seat in half. He was stuck in man spread position for like two hours. Look, being a tall person certainly has its perks, but airplanes are so much worse as a tall person. This was smaller than an airplane. Yeah, so you have you have like pews and things like that. You have airplanes. You have um, anytime you're at the grocery store, inevitably some old woman has to ask you to reach something, which is like at least that's a good deed you can do. But like, it's 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 got its frustrations. Mostly the airplane thing. I've been left alone. Behind the scenes of the sins, I'm all by myself, and I can see the empty room. He's coming back, and his internet sucks. Hello. And oddly, it makes it look like Ian is very, very tall, too. No, he's just forward. 
but he's just more forward in the photo. <laughs> I'm invited to the show even if I haven't written on something, you know, Aaron. Absolutely. <laughs> pawing at your door. I want to play too. I'm, I'm being a butt. I'm being a total butt. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds painful and uh, and and awful. And um... bye, Danae. <laughs> Yeah, you can always schedule an email for two months out. I like that you believe in us like that. <laughs> Just you. Ah, <laughs> um, thanks. Oh, you don't like when people troll the thing that you love? Yeah, it's weird, right? Danae, let me remind you of your job. Uh, <laughs> this was an accident. I was about to say happy accident, but like not really because like a person died. <laughs>